My message today is simply rebuilding our broken sections. Rebuilding our broken section. Or, rebuild, or, re, or rebuilding part of our broken lives. But I prefer to say our rebuke, rebuilding our broken section. I want to speak about a story that happens in the Bible that relates to two kings. Two kings meet in uh, the book of Second Chronicle, chapter 32. Two kings meet. And I want specifically to speak about what one of them do. Each of them does something different that the other does not do. And let me explain about these two kings. One is called King Sennacherib. The other one is called King Hezekiah. King Sennacherib comes to attack Judah. And King Hezekiah realizes that he is not as strong as the attacker. Let me explain a little bit about these two kings. King Hezekiel grew under his father, King Ahamas. King Ahamas, the Bible says that he was a weak and a wicked and a coward king who ruled Judah for 15 years. But the Bible says he was as wicked as his fathers. But more than that, uh, the Bible says that three things about him. He was weak, evil, and a coward. So this king grew under a weak, evil, and a coward king. The Bible says uh, King Sennacherib grew under his father, King Selgon the second. And the Bible says that the king Selgon the second was a military leader. So he grew under a military leader. The Bible says that he was a, stati- uh, he was a tactical man. He knew strategy. The Bible says he was a builder. He knew how to build. And actually history says he built several cities and several places of worship. So the young king grew to see a father who is a builder. While the other son, King Hezekiah, grew to see his father demolish the places of worship in Judah. Actually, history says that King Hezekiah's father, King Ahamas, destroyed the spiritual foundation of Judah. And destroyed the political foundation of Judah. So these are two kings. The young King Ezekiel see his father destroying every spiritual foundation that have been sent by the other kings and destroying the political foundation that have been, destroyed, that have been restored by the other kings. While on the other side, King Sennacherib see his father's building. In natural sense, when King Sennacherib became a king, the history says he is the one who built Nineveh. While on the other side, King Hezekiah could not build anything. So we want to see both of them. They come to a place of war. One has the experience of his father to gain from. The other has no experience from his father to gain from. Praise the Lord. I remember one time my, my father came and said, I want to show you what you have. And I almost asked my father, thank you very much. You have good pre- uh, properties that you have bought. But the que- my, one of my brothers asked, can we one day gather some courage and ask our dad, why did you not buy something in Nairobi? But he bought something very far away. Almost in deserts. We all have our fathers. And there are some things we learn from them. In actual sense, all of us learn something from our father. Because that's the way of life. So the two kings learned something from each of their fathers. That's why I encourage the men always be very careful what your children 
learn from you. Two weeks ago, well, two, ten days ago, my son, he says that he's the strength of the family because that's what we've agreed with him. I've always told Josh, you're going to be the strength of the family when I'm alive and I'm not alive. But one thing I want to remember that I've, I've commanded to your spirit. For me, I command some things to my children's spirit. I've commanded to your spirit. I want to, you to always realize that you are the strength of the family. So if you go and ask my son, he will tell you, I am the strength of my family. Why? My father said so. You're getting that? The reason why I'm born again is because my mother used to come, to come to my bedroom and would lay her hands on me and you speak in those annoying tongues. Because for me, I was a young guy in secondary. She would put her hands on my head and she would speak on those annoying tongues. And I would say, hmm. And she would say, you'll be a preacher. I would say, hmm, who, me? Because I was a hockey captain in school. I was loved. So I said, hmm, who, me? Preach what? How do people preach? And we used to be in Crisco. In those Crisco days, is the one that, is when they gave this, some word, this word. Remember the word Shindwe? So that's where the church used to go. But today, I am here preaching because my mother saw it. There's something our parents saw. There's something they did not do to us. So these two kings, one learns from what his father did. One has nothing to learn. And they come to a place of war. And if you look at history, what King Sennacherib built stands up today. The city starts in Iraq today, in northern Iraq. And what King Selgon II built, the city stands today. But Hamas, the Bible does not say anything stands for him. In fact, the Bible says, the history says, the heaven conspired against him. Because the Bible says, when he died, and, and the history says clearly, uh, and even the Bible say, uh, uh, say it very well, that when he died, there was a dark, heavy cloud that day, that there was only light for two hours. And the Bible says he could not be, his body was rushed. And the Bible says that uh, he was never buried where their father was buried. Because all the kings used to call David their father. He was not buried where King David was buried, was buried in another place in Jerusalem. And if you look at Isaiah, Isaiah described him very well. Isaiah actually in Isaiah chapter 14 verse 28 called him a serpent. That. Is the father King Ezekiel had. But now they come to a place of war. King Sennacherib leaves Assyria and comes to attack Judah. Because that time the kingdom of Israel had been divided into two. There was Israel and there was Judah. So Judah is attacked with fortified cities. And King Sennacherib says, I am going to attack the fortified cities of Judah for myself. Look at it. For him. And King Ezekiel says, I will defend what God has given me for the glory of God. Let's read quickly as I... Chapter 32. After all Ezekiel had so faithfully done, Sennacherib king of Assyria came and invaded Judah. He laid siege to the fortified city, thinking to conquer them for himself. I thank God he was thinking. When Ezekiel saw that Sennacherib had come and that he intended to make war on Jerusalem, he consulted with his officials and military staff about blocking off the waters from the spring outside the city, and they helped him. A large force of men assembled, and they blocked all the springs and the streams that flowed through the land. Why should the king of Assyria 
Come and find plenty of water, they said. Then he worked hard repairing all the broken sections of the wall and building towers on it. He built another wall outside that one he had reinforced and supporting terraces of the city of David. He also made large numbers of weapons and shield. Uh, verse 6. He appointed military officers over the people and assembled them before in the square at the city gate and encouraged them with these words. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of the king of Assyria. The vast army with him for there is greater power with us than with him. With him is only the army of fresh. And remember, he's talking, he's encouraging his people, but he's speaking against us an army that was 200,000 mighty men of war. Because King, uh, King Sennacherib came with a vast army. The vast army, if you look at the second king, says it was 200,000. The army was bigger than what Judah had. And he's telling the people, do not be discouraged. Because, the, because with him is only the arm of fresh. But with us is the Lord our God to help us and to, find our, to fight our battles. And the people gain confidence from what Hezekiah the king of Judah said. Later when Sennacherib king of Assyria and all his forces were laying siege of Laches, he sent his officers to Jerusalem with this message for Hezekiah king of Judah for all and all the people of Judah who were there. I will not read verse, I will only read verse 10, then I will jump. This is what Sennacherib king of Assyria says. On what are you basing your confidence? Look at the confidence of this young king. He says, I'm a son to a mighty. History says King Selgon was one of the most powerful kings of Assyria. So he has the confidence of his father. But King Ezekiel has no confidence of his father. He learns nothing. He says, On what are you basing your confidence that you remain in Jerusalem under siege? When Ezekiel, when Ezekiel says, The Lord our God will save us from the hands of the king of Assyria, he is misleading you. To let you die of hunger and thirst. Did not, did not Hezekiah himself remove these gods. These gods high places and altars. Saying, that, saying to Judah and, and, and Jerusalem. You must worship before one altar. And bank, bank sacrifices on it. He's telling them. This man you are trusting. Burn all the other gods. You only have one god. Where I come from we have many gods. Then I'll jump to verse 16. Sennacherib's officer spoke further against the, the Lord God and against his servant Hezekiah. You see, the military leaders under King Sennacherib were so confident. Now, in verse 16, they say they spoke against the God of Judah and against the God of Hezekiah. What is that problem that has spoken against your God? Who is that that has mocked you? Who is that that has said, your God has taken too long? Do not be worried. He's going to manifest. That's why I like them about my God. My God always shows up. Even when they think I'm forgotten. Even they think, when they think I cannot even afford to buy a testimony in a supermarket. My God always shows up. Our God always, always shows up. Then verse 24. King Hezekiah and the prophet Isaiah son of Amos cried out in prayer to heaven about this, and the Lord sent an angel who annihilated all the fighting men and the leaders and officers of the camp of Assyria's king. So he withdrew, his own, he withdrew to his own land in disgrace. 
And when he went to the temple of his God, some of his sons cut him down with a sword. Praise the Lord. That was simply the end of the mighty king. The Lord just sent how many angels? One. Just how many angels? One. And one angel, the Bible says, if you look at the, uh, if you look at Second Kings, the Bible says that one angel that was sent, the angel of war, killed a hundred and eighty-five thousand soldiers of the Assyrian. One angel. And the Bible says when the mighty king Sennacherib, and this man was, if you look at history, he was one of the most most powerful kings that ever uh, reigned in Assyria. And the Bible says that when he went back to his country, disgraced, ashamed, a mighty man, a mighty man, two of his sons, when he went to the temple to worship, two of his sons cut his head, killed him. Praise the Lord. Let's go quickly to what I have in store for, for you today. The Bible starts by saying, after all that Hezekiel had so faithfully done. That's where I'm going to start. I'll speak about a few things. And I'll speak, I'll, I'll speak about a few points. One, the point that I want to say, is that your faithfulness to God given assignment will always affect your relationships. It will always affect your relationship with God and your relationship with others. Your faithfulness to God, given assignment, will always affect your relationship with God and the relationship we have with others. So the question I'll ask you, how faithful are you? Because if we find, you find in the several scriptures, before the end of the, the passage, you find King Hezekiah praying at the end, but not praying in the beginning. Why? What confidence had he? The Bible says that History says, uh, the Bible clearly says that he was one of the most faithful kings of Judah. In fact, the Bible says he was the best king Judah had. He had a testimony before God. There are some challenges that you shall ever come across, uh, my brothers and sisters. And what will save you is the testimony God has for you. Because there are two, two testimonies. The testimony God has for you, because in the Bible, you see God giving testimonies about people. I know Abraham. He'll bring his children right. So the question I'll ask you today, what is your testimony before God? And what is your testimony here on earth? There will come a time in your life, what will save you is the testimony people know about you. It's the testimony that God has for you. So one of the things that I encourage you, let's, rebuild, let's start rebuilding our testimonies with God. With God. We have, Pastor Kimani, we are used, we have used to praying this prayer God, may you supply resources for me. May you resupply resources to me. I was saying in the Kesha that we have reached a new season in, 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 in the world where Mama Mwai, God is not only, he's no longer supplying resources to our personal gain. That has ended. And I'll be able to explain that if I have time. We have reached a season in life that Pastor Kemani, God is no longer supplying resources to our people for personal gain. God has reached a position that he is tired of being mocked. Because his people are like, are not moving. The other time we were discussing with Pastor Kemani, no, uh, before I discussed with Pastor Kemani, I was in prayer. And I asked God, God, how come the wicked, some of the wicked are so blessed and we know they are not born again? And the Lord said something to me that shocked me. He said, but you, my servants, are praying for them. And I paused. And I remember, even myself, 
There are some wicked businessmen I pray for. And the reason I ask, I realize the reason why I pray for them, when the children of the kingdom of God do not show up to support me, they are the ones who come. Surely, Mama Mwai, this weekend, come to support us in ministry. And they support us generously. So that we may minister to the, to the, to the children of the kingdom of God. Surely. We not all say, Lord, have mercy on that one. I was talking to Pastor Kimani and we realized that nowadays the wicked, the, the, the very rich and the powerful have reached a position they know very well. If you want favor with God, support Christians. So they go to the diviners, they go to the witch doctors, but they have a small portion, they have a good portion, not a small portion, still for the church of God. They know. I cannot approach a prophet, I can approach a diviner. So they approach a diviner who can see almost, he can see to a certain portion a prophet can see. And ask the prophet, ask the diviner, what can you see? We have our people in the kingdom of God who approaches nobody. And then they say, God has forgotten me. We have reached a season, uh, my brother Apostle Joshua, where the, the wicked have realized for my company to succeed, when they shortlist people for, to, be, to, to be appointed in various positions, they, go to, they take the list to the diviners and ask the diviners, this I want to appoint a manager in my company. Tell me from this list, who has the favor of God? That is how serious things have become. And then you come and say, hey, I got a new job. Careful, Ngoja. Your name was taken to the diviners and was asked, how among this list, who has the favor of God? So the diviner says, says, from this list, this man called Joseph, meaning the Lord has added, has the favor of God. But this other one called Eric has no favor with God. But this other one called Nyangao has a challenge. So go with this one that has the favor of God. Because this one that has the favor of God, when he comes to your company, he will come with the favor of God. So God will have mercy on your business because there's a man that has the favor of so you're employed? You're employed. And you say they employed me because of my skill. No! It's the favor you carry. They have become that serious. I don't know why you're saying amen. They have become that serious. But as Christians, when you're employing, we do nothing. We just say a few, mama, 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 mama. The, divine, the wicked have become so serious that they even go to the diviners to intercede and ask, who do I? But the Christians, when they are being employed, they do not even go to their pastor to say, hey pastor, should I take that job or should I not? Take. That is how things have become serious in the days we live in. That's why you find some people are employed, but at the end of the month you find they walk away with nothing. It is your skill being milked because you have a favor of God. Praise the Lord. You're building your broken section. Let me ask you, have you ever realized that we have more challenge in the kingdom of God than in the kingdom of the devil? Or the, or, or the earth? Or the people of the earth? Have you realized that nowadays, Mama Mwai, the sons, the Ishmaelites, seem to have more resources than us? Is that annoying? I like the way you're saying, mm, yes, it's the truth. Don't feel Kewaru in that meeting. Is it true? It's the truth. The sons, of, uh, the sons of Ishmael seems to have more resources than us. Why? 
whatever they do, they consider it more serious. But as the kingdom of God, we have grown to have a spirit of assumption. We take things for granted. God of mercy, I will, need to, I will go and do this in God of mercy, I will have mercy on me. God of compassion. We have reached a place where we are taking things for granted. And that's why I'm asking you today. How, how many of you have a list in your house where you have listed your most discouraging moment in your life? The weak, the weak areas of your life. How many in our lives know very well if God called me today and asked me, Joseph, I want today to deal with your weak areas. Let's sit down to discuss. Do you know most of you will tell the Lord, give me a week, I go and research. Give me a few days, I go and pray and fast. But there are some who say, Lord, thank you for coming. I have been waiting for me. There are eight. So I challenge you today, I ask you, what is your weak areas in your life? Do you know them? You'd be surprised if Anota was called by God today to ask, which is your weak areas? Most of us will not be able to say them. And then that's when you realize, you say, I thought I knew. I want you to go when you go home today. I want you to sit down with yourself. I like that, to sit down with myself. And you realize, where you have always failed in life is an area that you should have sealed many years ago. Ago. It's because you've been passive about it. You've been silent about it. You realize that most of your challenges come from a particular side. Because there's a gap in your life that needs to be filled, that has never been filled. And that's why you keep on falling in the same place. You keep on taking long to do, the, to do business, in the, which is the wrong B. Business. Because, again, Pastor Kemani, the children of the world, before they go to do business, they go and ask the diviners. They go and ask the witch doctors. Any business that I'm going to do, does it seem to have favor with God? Can it succeed? And the diviner and the witch doctor tells them it cannot succeed. But as the children of God, when we get a miracle of some money, before even we pray, we actually, we actually, running to do it. And then, when Pastor Kemani does not, want, does not come, we come and say, Pastor Kemani, I was going to do business. The devil knocked my, uh, my ankle. So you see, I've come, the business has a problem, but my ankle. <laughs> the first thing we should ask you is, so this business you went to do, what did the Lord say about it? So before you see the devil, see your weaknesses. Sometimes we, we are so quick in a hurry to do things without consulting God. So number two that he did, he consulted the right people. So number two, I want to say, always consult the right people on all your major decisions. Always consult the right people in all your major decisions. I'm saying the right people. Always learn to consult the right people in your life for all your major decisions. The Bible says King Ezekiel consulted his officers and the military leaders. Because they were there, he had elected them there because they had skills. He consulted them. After consulting them, he, they agreed on what to do. There outside, outside the fortified city, the King Sennacherib's military leaders and hymns are shouting. But he's busy consulting. The world will be there because they will always be there shouting. Your issues, your challenges will always be there shouting. But let me ask you, who do you consult when you want 
God to move in your life. You are as good as the people you consult. Never forget that. You are as good as the people you consult. Learn to always consult the right people in your life. So he consulted his officers. Number three, stop wastage. Learn to stop wastage in your life. Because when he consulted the officers, the first thing they decided, in this fortified city we have water. So we will disconnect all our waters so that the enemy, these 200,000 mighty men from Syria, may not have water. So we will not feed them with our water. As we are rebuilding, they should be busy looking for what? Water. Look at that strategy. As we are rebuilding our walls, let them go look for what? Instead of them waiting to fight us, let them go look for what? So the first thing, he disconnected the water so that the enemy may not have water. So number three, always learn to stop your wastage. If all of us, Pastor Kemani, as, as, as your member here, if all of us went and listed our areas of wastage and started to deal with them, you realize that we have enough resources to direct to the right areas of our life. Arise. Praise the Lord. In your family, I challenge you today. Go and look at which areas have been area of wastage and start dealing with them. You realize you have enough resources to direct to the correct, uh, correct part of your life. Your life. I said something I didn't finish. Nowadays, God is no longer giving resources for people that have no assignment. What God is doing, and I'll, let, I'll try to illustrate here. What God is doing, he blesses you with the resources. On this other side, because you've been praying for resources, he blesses you with the resources. On this other side, he assigns you responsibility. And I'll explain to you. Here he blesses you with resources. On this other side, he assigns you to several widows to supply for the rest of your life. Now, if you do not work with God, you will see only the resource. When he surprised the resources, if you are so spiritually in tune with God, you will realize that God has a mandate in my life. And one of the mandates in my life is to supply to the widows, supply to the orphans, supply to the ministers of God, specifically people, because God will send you to the specific people, or supply to the house of God. I have resources this side. On this other side, I am a worker with God. I'm in partnership with God. My business cannot go down because on this other side, I'm working with the Lord. As I'm working with the Lord, the Lord is working with my business. As I'm working with the Lord, the, working with, the Lord is working with my job. As I'm working with the Lord, the Lord is busy fighting for me. That is how it works nowadays. So before you ask God and you tell us, I want a supernatural financial miracle for business. The first question you should ask yourself, what is your assignment with God? What is that one thing that is so passionately in your heart that you want to do in the house of God? When you locate that, you will locate your resources. Never forget that. When you locate the one, that one thing or several things that you feel they are part of my life, and you, one of the areas you'll ask me, so Pastor Joseph, how will I know? You will notice, notice by this one thing, you'll always have passion. And a genuine passion to support the work of God. You feel every, you, when you, it disturbs you always. It disturbs your conscience. When you allocate your course assignment or mandate with God, you will locate your resources. Praise the Lord. So stop wastage. Because if, just before I finish number three, you realize, now you realize that Jesus did two things that are very surprising. When he fed the 5,000, he said what? 
gather the rest. There's nothing below. Below. Have you realized he feeds the 5,000? There he says, gather what has been left behind. How many baskets do they collect? Thank you. You know the Bible. God bless you. Clap for yourself. Have you ever realized when he fed the, 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 the 4,000, he also said, gather what has been, gather the few pieces, gather the pieces that are left behind? How many baskets do they collect? Praise the Lord. They gather seven baskets. Every time he fed people, he made sure he gathered what has been left behind for proper use the next day. Even you, every, every wastage in your life, if you learn to gather the wastage in your life, you will have enough resources for the next, the next day, the next assignment. Number four, I know. Be a repairer of your broken section. Be an active repairer of the broken section in your life. The, the, the enemy with their king are busy shouting and even mocking God. But this king, Ezekiel, is busy rebuilding the walls of the cities because there are some walls he had discovered. There are some walls he had discovered. They were not strong enough. So some of them, the Bible says, he increased the height. Some of them he repaired. They are busy fighting, but he's busy. busy they are busy making noise, but he's busy repairing. Have you ever discovered that it's only when the Mama, Jemima, have you ever discovered when the enemy attacks us is when we realize some weaknesses in our life and we start repairing them. Have you ever discovered that? So sometimes it is good for the enemy to attack. We will cry, yes, we will feel the pain. But when the enemy attacks is when we start seeing fault in ourselves. So before you cry so much, God, this attack, this attack, check where are you standing. What needs to be rectified? You'll always realize there's something you can rectify. Rectify. Praise the Lord. So he's busy repairing sections of the, of the walls. And he's busy increasing the height. So I'm encouraging somebody today. Do not quit. Keep repairing. God will show up. Praise the Lord. It is difficult. Do not quit. Keep repair. Yes. God will show up. Number five. Be an encourager. In verse 6, in verse 7, he, we found him encouraging the people of Judah. Look at it. God never told him to go and encourage the people. In fact, until the last point when he's praying, he doesn't know what God is saying. All he, has, he knows is, I have faith. This God will show up. This God will show up. So the first thing that the king does is seven things that he does. Without even fast running to God. He knows this God will show up. This God will come through for me. I have faith that he will come through for me. Even as he comes through, through for me, there are some things I can do. That's what we are talking about. Before God show up in your situation, there are some things you can do. Some preacher said, Pastor Kemani, even as I trust in God, I am going to walk toward him. And I know as I'm walking towards him by faith, he's also walking towards me. Let's go. Let's meet in the middle. I am not going to sit here and die. I am going to walk towards you. That's what the Bible is, is all about. You walking towards God as he walks towards you. Wherever you are standing and waiting for God, you will stand for very long until that place will be a desert. Start walking. Start doing something about your life. 
and God will show up. So be an encourager. So he started encouraging the people and telling them God will show up. Have you ever realized after Job complaining in 42 chapters, complaining, complaining, 42 chapters of complaint, 42 chapters of complaint, he complains about everything and even his friends complain and even his wife complain. Chapter 42 verse 10 he says, after Job had prayed for, after Job has prayed for his friends, the Lord showed up. Praise the Lord. After 42 chapters of complaint, after he, had, he was tired of complaining and he reached a point and said, now I have prayed enough, I have spoken enough, I will pray for my friends. The Bible says, when he had finished praying for his friend, God showed, my brother, my sister, when you are finishing encouraging the people of God, God will show up. When you are finishing praying for the people of God, God will show up. Be an encourager. Be known as somebody who will encourage me. Life is difficult for me. I can go to brother so and so. He will encourage me. Be an encourager. All the people around you, be an encourager too? To them. But even as you're an encourager, I'll give you a caution. If the people around you have no grace with God, do not encourage them. That's the enemy. That's the enemy. Be careful whom you're encouraging around you. They will turn back and fight you back. Be an encourager because every elder George you realize that every time, every season in our life, because the book of uh, Psalms chapter 1 verse 3 says that every season of our life, our life is supposed to be fruitful. You realize that every season in our life, God has sent people for us to encourage. So be an encourager to those people. Every season of your life, if you open your life carefully, you notice that there are people that come to you broken for you to encourage them. So what do you tell them? Ladies, do you tell them Moshene or do you encourage them? We know, uh, uh, my, 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 my sister, Mrs. Monene, we know, personally I know, when I am low, I know who to go to. And even who to pray, God, may that one not come. Pastor Kemani laughed at one day, I told, her, I told him that one day I was so tired, I went and anointed to my place. There are two gates. And I'm, say, and I'm not afraid to say this because I have learned to wait on God. I've just learned God is faithful. I do not have a watchman in my place of work. I mean, in my, in my residence, I only have two gates and two cats. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. My, my friends have dogs, fences, guards. I have two, only two gates and two cats. Praise the Lord. But just as the King Ezekiel said, the reason why, I, it's not that I'm lazy, I'm careless, is because I realize I have angels God has assigned to my house. The other day we walked with, I think, we, the other day we walked with my wife home. And there are two benches in my compound. As I walked with my wife, uh, I think two days ago, I saw two angels seated on the bench. So I went and sat next to them. And the only thing I said is, encourage me, because they are here to encourage me. I have realized there are some things that I should not waste resources on. God has taken care of me. Praise the Lord. So be an encourager to somebody. So after Job had finished, Praying for his friends. God showed up. The Bible says one of the favorite scriptures I have this season is the book of First, uh, the book of the First Corinthians, chapter sixteen, verse seventeen. The Bible says the the apostle Paul reached a point in his life he had no resources, but God sent three men to support him. And the apostle says, Paul says they supplied everything he had lacked, and they refreshed his spirit. And he finishes with a very powerful word. He said, such men 
deserve recognition. Be an encourager. And the Lord will say, you deserve recognition. One way to, be, to encounter recognition with the Lord is being a supporter of what God has called you to support. It's standing in your gap. And the God will make sure you, re, you receive your recognition. Yes. This verse, here it says, deserves recognition. So are you looking for recognition today? The other time there's a man, of, there's a man I, I will have in this church, I will not say who. The Lord uh, spoke to me and I told Pastor Kemani, the Lord spoke to me something that changed my life. He said, go and tell him to stop donations. My brother, my sister, let me tell you something. God does not multiply donations. God multiplies seeds. So the Lord spoke to me and tell him, go and tell him to stop doing donations. Stop, stop, start seeding. Let me tell you something. The world does donate. For us in the kingdom, we see. It is a seed that comes back. Donations do not come back. But the seed will always come. Because it is given to the heart of the Lord. But donation, if you have a habit of doing donation, understand and look at the scriptures. You find donations nowhere. Donations will never come back. But the seed will always come back. Number four, he ignored the enemy and kept working. Because you find in the verse chapter 10, going chapter 9 up to 15, the enemy is speaking. But he ignored the enemy and kept what? Working. One of the most interesting scriptures in the Bible, David had run away from David had run away from uh, King Saul in the book of First Samuel chapter 28 verse 2, verse 2. David had run away from King Saul and went to live with the, the enemy. And the king Achish says something very interesting. You see, God sees a great king in King David. But this king called Achish does not sing a great king. The Bible says, he told David what? I will make you an internal body. Bodyguard. Look, I will make you my God bodyguard for life. That's the world for you. If you go to the wrong people, they will always minister to you what they see in you. God sees a great king. But the enemy sees what? A bodyguard for Imagine if King David had, been, had accepted to be a bodyguard for life. God sees a great man that loves him and a great man with a covenant. The enemy sees a bodyguard for life. I'll ask a question today. Who among us is feeling that you have been given a, an, a mandate that is not yours? Who among us feels that you have been made a bodyguard for life? There is a restoration today. Who among us today that you feel that your business has been made a bodyguard for life. There is a restoration today. Who among us feel that you are in the wrong territory? There is a restoration today. Praise the Lord. People will always assign you the wrong things. But be careful never to miss what God assigned you. So, be a repairer of God. What God has put in your life. Be a repairer of what you have. The other day, my son, the strength of the family, uh, he, according to his words, he wanted to please the father. So he destroyed something that his father had been working on for three years. 
something that his father has been fasting on, repairing, excited. I kept on, every month I will call my wife and show you, this is so hard, this is what I've improved this month. For, for two, two years and 30 months, I've been working on these things. It, is, it was the most important thing in my life. But my son, in pleasing the father, went to work on it to make it better, but destroyed it and it was forgotten. I was annoyed. As a good father should be annoyed, because it's part of discipline. But then I sat and asked myself, I am a father. This boy calls me dad. I call him the strength of the family. So I decided, this thing that is worth so much for me and is going to generate so many millions for me, he had destroyed. And my son, what is more important? I decided it's my son. So I called him last night and uh, no, is it last night? Uh, I called him on Saturday night, Friday night. I can't remember. No, Saturday night. I told him, no, Saturday, yesterday morning, yes. I told him, kneel, kneel down here, my son. And I forgave him. I told him, I've forgiven you. I told him, forget it. Yes, I've worked on it for two years and 30 months. But you know, son, that thing that you destroyed is not as important like, like you than you. You are important to me. So I forgive you. Of course I was feeling the pain. I have worked on that thing. What are you talking about? We have laid hands on that thing with my Apostle Joshua and some other prophet friends of mine. That thing means everything to me. What are you talking about? But my son is more important than that thing. So I prayed for him and I told him, my son, I have not only prayed for you, I'm giving you an offering. So I gave him an offering and I told my son, go conquer the world. That's what God does for us. We mess up, but when we, when we kneel before him, he restores us back and gives us an offering and tells us, go conquer the world. The world. So if you are feeling defeated today because of what happened in your life, relax. Just go and kneel before the Lord. Speak to the, before the Lord. When you wake up from your seat, from your kneeling before you, he will give you an offering and tell you, go conquer the world. That's the beauty of this God. Let's clap him. Let's clap for him. In Isaiah 49 verse 16, it says something so powerfully, Pastor Kemani. It says, he has, one scripture says, he has written me. Not in the palms, but in the palms of his hand. The other cell says, he has engraved me. Let me explain to you because you are not, maybe you read your scripture very fast. I normally say I read my scriptures like a kindergarten teacher. Let me explain to you in proper English. The Bible says, he has engraved me. Do you know what is to engrave Mamamwai? He has taken a rough or a sharp point and written my name and my issues in the palms of his. He has, he, blood had to come out to write the name Joseph in the palms of his hands. But he had to write and the challenges that are challenges me. He wrote them. Painfully. And the Bible says, so that he may not forget me. So that he may not forget you. Do you know the other day when I was preparing this, the Lord spoke to me about and gave me a revelation. The problem is you're not reading the Bible. Go and read the Bible. And he tell him the, then he told him the scriptures to read. So the man God discouraged said, fasting for 40 days, you're telling me to go and read the Bible? I am telling you today, pray. God answers prayer. God loves prayer. Because what is prayer? It is us communicating with our hearts too. God. Do you remember, do you know there are some people who told God the other day, as he was discussing with Mrs. Monene, look, Moses tells God, I am annoyed. These guys have annoyed me. Did I bath them? Did, you Did I ask you to come and give me this assignment? But what I love God, 
God encourages the prophet Moses and answers him. Because the prophet Moses speaks his heart to God. I am tired. Let me give you a revelation even as I, as I, as I stop. Let me give you a revelation. When you are going before God to pray for things that are so painful in your life, tell God as it is. Tell God as it is. Stop saying those hallelujah, mingi, hallelujah, raka, mama, mama, eh, eh, wacha hizo. Kama kimeumana, kimeuma, if it is pain, if it is pain, tell God as it is. Lord, I want to get married. And I want to get married by the right person. Lord, simply, I, I, Mimi, Mimi Jane, I want to get married. And I want to get, I am tired. Of go attending weddings. Lord, listen to me, Lord, and look at me properly. You can even do like this. God, I just want to get married. Because, Lord, I qualify to get married. I am born again. I have kept myself. I want to get married. I am tired of being more clothed. I am tired of wearing, wearing nice clothes and nobody is seeing me. Lord, I just want to get married. And Lord Jesus... I want to bring up this man so well. You live and say, Jane, hallelujah, you have done it. Lord, entrust me with that man and you see what I can do. Because your grace is available to make me change that man for the better. I can work with you, with that man, Lord. And we can produce great children because, Lord, I want to get married. That's how it is. Lord Jesus, I want to go into business, Lord. My business is not working, Lord. But look at it, Lord. I want to go into business. Lord, you said in the Deuteronomy 33, verse 11, you will bless all my skills, Lord. All my skills are blessed. Have you not seen it, Lord? They are blessed. The Bible says, you will be pleased with all my skills, Lord. Have you not seen you bless? You are pleased with my skills. Lord, now I need resources that I may go into be. And Lord, you know what? Lord, you give me resources, Lord. This widow, I will deal with this widow. Lord, you give me loan here. You give me business, resources for business. Lord, I will give you loan. Have you ever noticed that you can give God loan? What has he said? When you provide to the widow, what are you doing? You are lending to who? Come on, businessman. What a kulala. Let's start giving God loan and tell him the truth. Lord, you supply me the resources here. I will give the kingdom of God loan. Because I will deal with the widow. Trust me with the widow. I want to do something. I'm tired of being idle, Lord. I am tired of being idle, Lord. I can do something, Lord. I have a brain, Lord. Can you see it? I tell God as it is. Stop things, hallelujah, mingi. Just sit down. Sit, please. Sit down. Don't even kneel. Sit down. And tell God what the pain in your heart. There? Pain. Speak to God that pain. And see what he will do. Let's, stop. Let's stand up as I call worship team. And I want you in a minute or so. Tell God the pain in your life. Tell God the challenge in your life as we pray. Tell God the pain, the challenge in your life. Tell God the broken section that you want him to repair. Father, we trust in you. And we are grateful today that you have inscribed our names on your palms.
we have become your agenda you know us by names and each one of us is in your palm blessed be your holy name thank you for meeting our needs today thank you for coming through for us today thank you for healing us today thank you for delivering us today thank you for opening doors of opportunities for us today thank you lord for going ahead of us and fighting our battles thank you jesus for meeting our needs if it were not for you we would not be here today but we are here because you have made us your agenda you think well about us the plan that you have for us it is for good and it is not for evil lord we thank you and we bless you for encouraging us today you are helping us you are fighting on our behalf you have sent an angel to go ahead of us to deal with our enemies we do not need to fight this battle because it is not ours it is yours oh lord we thank you for your word that has come to encourage and to uplift us